Welcome, New Jersey Devil fans. It is Sunday, October 23rd. And boy, how things can change in the course of a week. My name is Bill Botch, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. We have a lot to go over. The last time I left you guys, the Devils were 0-2. They had a rough uh, opening night versus the Flyers. They had a lot of pressure, and they kind of dominated control of the game. They... They physically got pushed around a little bit, but Carter Hart had a really strong game and it kept the Flyers in it. But then they had the home opener last Saturday, which was completely brutal. The fans wanted rough gone. Uh, it was an ugly scene overall. And we went into the game versus Anaheim, and I, I was at the Anaheim game, and I was at the game yesterday too. And the so the Devils come out versus Anaheim, and they let up. We're we're down two nothing, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, this is going to be such a long year." The fans were on rough again. It was it was really concerning. Thinking I don't know if I could watch a whole another year of this, but then something happened during that first intermission, to where the team came out and totally controlled play, dug themselves out of a two goal deficit, and were able to come back and win that game. Um, a lot of it on the shoulders of Mackenzie Blackwood, too. So that was really encouraging to see. Obviously, Blackwood has had a pretty rough go of it the past couple of years. And he looked like he was seeing the puck really well and rebound control. And he, he really um, he helped definitely was a major factor in putting that game away. What was funny was Adam Henrique actually had a breakaway in that game that he slipped it through the wickets of Blackwood and it rang off the post. And if that goal goes in, there things could have been a lot different, but it didn't. So um, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty impressive and encouraging to see that win. But then when they came and they played the Islanders the other night, it was complete domination. If it wasn't for Ilya Sorokin, that game could have been way out of hand very early. Um, it was concerning because the Devils obviously they didn't score in the first period, despite completely tilting the ice the entire period. Um, you thought to yourself. How many times have you seen a team dominate like that and then they, they're they not able to capitalize on it? They go into the period and then another and the other team kind of regroups, realize that they got away with playing a, not, uh, a very, uh, you know, bad period of hockey and then they're able to keep it close or they score first or they get a power play and they're able to and they're able to score on it. But that wasn't the case this time. The Devils were able to score, and they, they pretty much controlled the entire game. It was really impressive to see. And then yesterday, they run Blackwood out there again, and he puts up a W. He's really strong in net. It, the game was a little um, – it wasn't as pretty as the Islander game by any means, but they played hard, and that's what good teams do is they win games uh, when – they win some ugly games – and there's going to be ugly games that played. You might as well be on the winning end of it. Blackwood had another strong game. We'll get into him in a minute, but um, it was really impressive. And the Devils have a three-game winning streak, which I, I didn't even go back to look, but I can't remember the last time they did that. But there's a bunch of stuff that I want to go over today. Um, there seems to be a new sense of life that has been uh, rejuvenated and shot into the arm of this team. And it's exciting because 
you see that the pace that they're playing with and the game that they played on Thursday night versus the Islanders, I don't care what team you are, you're going to give teams problems when you play that fast and you execute your passing and you, you play the way that you did on Thursday night. So we'll see what happens. But before, before I get into players and and the games, I want to, I want to point out that, um, one of the things that I really, uh, mm, one of the things that I'm really proud of and I think is a strength of mine personally, and then I'm going to be honest with you guys, is that I don't look at the game biasly. Now, I get very frustrated and angry when the Devils lose and certain players play bad. But if there's a guy that I don't like on the team and he plays a really good game, I'm going to tell you that he plays a really good game. The same way that if one of my favorite players plays a bad game, I'm going to tell you that he's not playing well. So I like to think that um, I'm able to watch the game uh, objectively and I'm not, I don't come in with a biased opinion. Now, and I think that makes it really favorable. So even when I'm watching other teams play, I feel like I have, I'm able to separate the, you know, I don't let my emotions get in the way of what I'm actually seeing on the ice. So with that said, uh, I would like to, Mackenzie Blackwood is a, is a guy that has been very frustrating for me as a fan and as a, as a devil's fan, because the devils continue to throw him out there despite him struggling um, for the past couple seasons, they dealt with some bullshit that he had last year with everything going on. And honestly, I, I was ready to move on from Mackenzie Blackwood and I would rather see Vitek Vanacek get own the crease for the Devils. With that said, Blackwood came out the other night and he saw the puck really, really well um, and in the Anaheim game. So he let up the two easy goals. He let up two goals on four shots. But after that, he was super solid in net. You could tell that he just his reaction time alone, he saw the puck really well. He was square to the puck. He, you know, took care of rebounds. I was really impressed with the way that he fought. It was a gritty performance. And I thought it was really smart that the Devils went right back to him and they tried to build off of that. And that's exactly what happened. So he came out in the Islander game and you know how hard it is and how tough it is for a goalie when they don't see a ton of shots. But when they did, uh, when the Islanders did get some scoring chances, he was there and he played really tough. Um, So... I was really impressed. He looked like a different player to me than what we saw in the preseason and in the first uh, on opening night. Now, then they decided, all right, we're going to go back to him again and continue to build off of it. And it's and he, he played really, really well against San Jose. They did have some more scoring chances than the Islanders did. And he was, he was really good. And I... It, it may, it's great to see because he has had a rough go of it. And if you can get build his confidence back up, which the team is obviously trying to do, um, and you can get him playing the way that he did, you know, the, the Taylor Hall year, then you're going to have a really good shot because I do believe Vitek Vanacek is also a solid goaltender while he, you know, 
he's not going to be in the he's not going to be in the running for the Vesna Trophy by any means, but he can be league average and be a solid goalie. So to see Blackwood put together three good performances in a row was super encouraging, and I was really happy for him because if this team wants to succeed, they're going to need him to be a big part of that. So. Uh, I thought that was a great coaching decision by Lindy Ruff and the organization to continue to run him out. Now, I'm assuming that the Devils have a big game tomorrow night versus the Washington Capitals. Obviously, the Capitals let Vanacek go. And this is going to be a game where Vitek Vanacek is going to want to try to, you know, play versus old team and try to show them that they made a mistake. So he's going to have that extra motivation going into tomorrow night. So I think Vanacek will get the starters net and then they play a back-to-back versus Detroit, which I think Blackwood will obviously play in on Tuesday night. So I'm curious to see what happens with um, how Vanacek looks because he didn't have the strongest showing by any means uh, last Saturday. And I think this is going to be a big bounce back performance for him and if they do that means the Devils could possibly win four games in a row which you know now you're on to something the I'm, I'm assuming that the energy and the positivity in the locker room you start you start getting on that winning um mentality and I I do believe it's like a snowball that continues to run downhill the guys start believing in each other they believe in the system the fans get off of the the coaching staff a little bit or, or Lindy Ruff in particular a little bit. And, and you can start moving forward. One of the things that the past two teams that the devils have played is they've said, you know, the devils are fast. That's, that's one of the, um, the Islanders said it. And then the San Jose sharks, let, um, they came out and they said it after the game. They're like, that's a really fast team. So, uh, Obviously, teams are having problems with our speed, and we continue to push play, and it's leading to a ton of scoring chances. We're out shooting our opponents, you know, sometimes two to one in games. We're averaging almost 40 shots or over 40 shots a game, so that's really encouraging. All the analytics look amazing as far as high-danger scoring chances and uh, the way that we're pushing play and the ana- the analytics look really nice. I mean, so one of the guys I want to hop right into who not only analytically, but also I test that he looks like a completely different player and is totally driving offense from us from the back end and driving play. When this guy is on the ice, we the ice is tilted. Um, Dougie Hamilton looks like a new rejuvenated man. He looks insane he is second on the team in shots with 21 shots the game versus Anaheim I was there and I don't know how it translated the television because I didn't watch it again on television but even off the puck he was all over the ice driving driving play from the back end hopping into the play without without putting us in a weird position where you're getting caught um where you're getting caught out of position defensively he had seven shots on goal in the Anaheim game and if you look, when he's on the ice, there's really no – he's so offensive that they don't really spend any time in the defensive zone. Obviously, Dougie Hamilton is not a shutdown defender. And the Devils have let up – in the first two games, they let up a lot of goals. They let up 10 goals in two games. But you don't bring a guy in and pay him $9 million to be a shutdown defender. 
you pay him $9 million because you know that he could drive offense. And when he's on the ice, he's not spending any time in the defensive zone. And that's exactly what we've seen the past couple games. He has been extremely impressive. He's a plus two and his analytics are off the chart. Um, He's got two goals and three points. You got to love what you've seen from Dougie Hamilton. That's really encouraging. This looks like the player that we went out to go get. And obviously last year was very, it was a tough year for him with the injury and everything, but he has been rock solid back there. And uh, you don't really, I haven't seen as much Dougie Hamilton love on the internet, maybe as like a guy like Jesper Bratt, who's obviously somebody hasn't netted one yet, but he's got eight assists and he's been an extremely uh, important part of this three game winning streak that we've been on that whole line in general. Um, the NJO line, like the new Jesper order, uh, the Nico, Jesper, Andre Palat line. Palat was minus five through the first two games. And since then, he has three goals. He's uh, a zero plus minus. He's back to even. He has been incredible. So all the people that gave Tom Fitzgerald and even Palat shit because, well, we didn't get Johnny Gaudreau and we didn't get Matthew Kachuk, and then we got Andre Palat as a runner-up prize or whatever it is. I mean, if this guy's chemistry with those with Nico and Jesper Bratt, I mean, think about it this way. Pavel Zaka was playing on the line with those two guys. If Andre Palat is not the complete polar opposite of what Pavel Zaka was able to do, I don't know what is. Palat looks like the glue that is keeping this top six together, to be honest with you. He is doing a lot of great things. He's able to finish, which is great. And he plays a big, heavy game, too. I mean, if you looked at him, you would think that he was like 6'3", 6'4", but he's not. He's just he's just built... He's thick, and he plays tough. Um, but that line has been incredible. I mean, him and Nico are obviously definitely on the same page. And, I mean, Brat is opening up the ice and allowing these guys to get to the dirty parts of the ice to score goals. Nico Heischer, I said it, that I think Nico Heischer was going to have a breakout season, and I thought that he could possibly – one of, my, one of my really bold predictions was that he's going to have 30 goals. And if he has 30 goals, then we might start talking about him being in a conversation for his Selkie. Now, it's a little too early for that. But he's only played four games, and he's got six goal, uh, six points. He had a goal taken away from him yesterday. Nico Heischer looks like the real deal. The thing with him is he, you see him, he's he takes a beating out there, and you worry about him uh, sustaining and and being able to play every game, but you have to love what you've seen from that line. And, you know, if they continue to produce the way they do, I was a little disappointed when they took Palat away from Hughes and Holtz. Uh, and that's a guy that we'll get into in a little bit, but that that uh, Palat-Nico-Brat line has been an anchor for us, and you you don't break them up. You keep them together, and you let them do their thing. Uh, I was a little concerned about Jaeger Sharangovich. He had gotten off to a bit of a slow start, but he had a beautiful play yesterday versus San Jose where he stole the puck and then was able to come in, put a little move on a goalie, get to his backhand and net one. So that was I was really excited to see that because if he's going to play in the top six, he, we need him to score. That's his, that's his um, 
his strength, and we need him to take advantage of that. He's been playing with Jack Hughes, and Hughes looks so fast. Um, he has had problems finishing, but the amount of high danger scoring chances that he has, I have no doubt that that is going to come, and when it does, it'll come in bunches. Uh, Jet, um, Jack Hughes looks, he he's going to be incredible. Like He's going to continue to grow. I, I'm so happy for... Uh, for the Devils, and I'm so happy that we're going to get to see we're going to have another Hughes on our team by the end of the season. And you know, Luke Hughes looks like the real deal too. They just did a remock, uh, they did a mock draft to where if they were to do the draft over again, Luke Hughes would be number one overall. So, but uh, Hughes is having a little a little trouble finishing. I am not worried at all. That'll definitely come. Uh, you know. Alex Holtz is a guy that I would like to see playing with Hughes. Now, he had a goal and three shots in his first game, and then he was buried for the next two games in a healthy scratch. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm going to give Lindy Ruff credit because he, he was smart the other day when he ran out seven defensemen and uh, 11 forwards. I thought that was good. He was double shifting Hughes. And then he basically, he only ran three lines out there for the Anaheim game. And you have to do what you have to do to win a game in the beginning of the year, especially when you're winless. That's smart. His job was kind of on the line. His head was on the chopping block. So I understand that. But I still am a little disappointed in the line combination in the bottom six. And you're saying, how could you be disappointed? I mean, they just won three games in a row. But we could be that, – that, that doesn't mean that there can't be improvements made. Mike McLeod has played in all five games. He has zero points. He has three shots in five games. He's a minus one. But Mike McLeod wins a lot of faceoffs, right? No. Mike McLeod is a 53% faceoff winner so far this year. So if you're – if your whole thing is going to be that Mike McLeod wins faceoffs and that's why we need him as a center to center our fourth line, it's just not the truth. He's not he's not playing physical either. Like at least if he was out there like Bastion, I mean Bastion hasn't had the greatest, he hasn't gotten on the score sheet, you know, or, and he hasn't had the greatest um five games of his career by any means. But he plays physical. Like there's, a, I understand why he is out there. But I, I, I'm definitely a little. Um, I think that you can move those bottom six uh, players around. I don't think that Wood should be playing on the third line. I think Wood is a perfect fourth line player. I think Zetterlin should be given a chance. Ruff has played Bastion at center before. There's no reason that you can't put Wood, Bastion, and Zetterlin on a fourth line. That is a big physical. You're looking for physicality. You're looking for guys that can forecheck. You're looking for guys that are hard on pucks. That is a great fourth line for that. And then you would have Tatar, and then you could put Halla and Mercer on the third line. Or if you don't want to put Mercer on the third line, you because he's been great, and you think that you want him playing with Hughes, that's fine. Play him on the second line on the wing with Hughes. But you could still put Holtz on the third line. 
I understand that you are talking about speed and pace of play. It's like Alexander Holtz is not a liability. And if he is, you could you can bench him. But don't stick him on the fourth line with Mike McLeod and Bastion. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Another guy who I am a little concerned about, and even though we're winning, I still think that there's room for improvement and we could be even better, which is the goal, right, is Brendan Smith. I mean, Brendan Smith has no points, which I get it. He's not a guy that you're looking for point production out of. But he's a minus two. And you had, he's got four shots on net. Kevin Ball played literally like nine minutes and had three shots on net and looked pretty damn good. There's no, you can't tell me that you think that Brendan Smith looks that much better than Ball. We know Brendan Smith's ceiling. Ball's ceiling is still, he's only 22 years old. This kid could be really, really good. Did you see him hop into the play the other day? I mean, yesterday versus San Jose, Ball hopped into the play twice and had two high-danger scoring chances. One was a wraparound that almost went in. He had three shots in nine minutes. Like, Kevin Ball could be a legit player. I think we need to, like, maybe not pigeonhole him into I, uh, Kevin Ball is six foot six and he has range and can play good in his own end. I, I mean, he's he's young. He still has room to develop. And if you are able to insulate him with John Marino, who is a guy that I can't wait to talk about, I don't understand why you're throwing Brendan Smith out there when you could be playing a kid who's going to be a really important part of the future if you develop him correctly on your on your bottom pairing. Brandon Smith takes too many stupid penalties, too. You can't have it. You can't have it. Like, when the games are too close, you can't afford to take... Uh, you can't afford to take a dumb penalty. Now, obviously, Brendan Smith is a feisty guy and he's physical, and we, I like that, but I don't see why Ball can't do that as well. Let's get to John Marino. Tom Fitzgerald, that might have been the fleece of the, of the decade because John Marino looks awesome. I, I mean, I was listening to NHL on Sirius Radio when they made that trade People were saying that this could cost Fitzgerald his job because Ty Smith could grow into the next, you know, big thing. They gave up on him too early, this, that. Ty Smith is a liability defensively and is playing in the AHL now, which I'm not saying that he doesn't have an opportunity to become a good player in the future. But let's not forget, John Marino is only 25 years old. And Marino looks like the real deal. If I mean, if Ty Smith was playing... on on the devil's defense this year, instead of John Marino, we would have not been on a three game winning streak. I will go as far as to say that he has been rock solid back there. So kudos to Tom Fitzgerald on that. That is, this kid is going to be an important part of the team moving forward. And especially as we get an injection of young, really high end talent that we have coming with Nemitz and Luke Hughes. I mean, and you know, Seamus Casey looks like he's, could be pretty damn good too a couple years down the road so but you have to love what you've seen from Marino he he looks like he's going to be a very solid 
you play that guy on your bottom pairing right-handed defenseman for the next four or five years, I mean, go ahead. Go show me another team that, that could throw a guy out there with that kind of talent and that kind of smarts and that kind of skating ability on your third pairing. That was a great pickup. So, way to go, uh, Fitzy. Uh, another, another, uh, acquisition was the, obviously the Halla for Zaka trade. Halla is a guy, I mean, he's got, he leads the team in shots. Uh, he's second. So he's got 21 shots on goal. This is a guy that he doesn't have a goal yet. We need to, we need to, um, we need to will this for Halla because he has been a great team player. He plays, he can play at any, you know, he could play the penalty kill. We don't have him on the power play, obviously, but he's a guy that you could, you can move up and down your lineup. He's, he's very reliable and he's been really good. He plays physical. He's scrappy. He gets in front of the net. He's won 65% of his draws. Eric Hall is the real deal. I mean, we really, we really made some great changes this off season. Um, and I, I I would like to see him get on the board because the longer this goes, the more he's gonna it's gonna weigh on him. We're only five games into the year, but he's been pretty close to scoring and I'd like to see him get one, get that monkey off his back and just kinda settle in because he looks he looks like a guy that Fitzgerald might try to extend him at the end of the year. If he keeps playing the way he does through the first five games of the year, I, w- I would consider that for sure. But you get Sharon Govich on the board, Jack Hughes, some of these shots are going to start going in for sure. You start you start putting 40 shots on net a game, you're going you're gonna to put up some goals for sure. Then he sure lines humming. Um, like I said, I would move Miles Wood to the fourth line, and I want to try to get Holtz and Zetterlin involved in this game. I want them to be part of the team. There's no spot for Jesper Boquist. He's kind of the odd man out. I'm over Mike McLeod. But you really have to like what you've seen out of the Devils the past three games. They're going into tomorrow with Vanacek trying to prove something to his old team. He's going to be looking for a bounce-back performance for sure. And... I think he's going to play well. I really do. Um, and now, we're, and Washington has not looked good. And that's a team that's older. And our speed, we might be able to really take advantage of and, explo- and exploit them with our speed. So, you know, you go out and you get Grubauer. That's kind of insulting to Vanacek, to be honest with you. You think he's the answer to all your problems. And you think that, you know, Vanacek was the reason that you guys weren't able to move forward in the playoffs. I don't believe that for a second. One of the things I, I do want to, which was, it was kind of nice to see was at the Anaheim game, after the first period, the fans let up on rough. And it was, and that was nice to see. There was more positivity and the, and the fans got behind the team. And then after they go to the Island and completely dominate, um, the fans were excited on Saturday. There was, you know, nothing but good vibes in the building for sure. The pro- the problem is we're only drawing like 11,000 people per game. And on I get it like on a Tuesday in the in October that might be tough, but Saturday, 
I mean, Saturdays are typically a day where a lot of people bring their families out to the games and stuff. And um, we have by far the lowest attendance in the league. So I've given away a bunch of free tickets already so far this um, this year. And I, I try to give them out to the realist devil fans and I ask that they share the podcast and stuff like that. But really, I just want to give them to people that are real fans. And I, I really encourage people to get out and support the team. I think it makes a big difference. I really do. And I encourage fans to come with excitement and come with some passion. And if this is the start of something special, like let's embrace it and let's, let's run with it as fans too. You know, like this doesn't have to, this isn't the old ho-hum boring. We have no hope. We don't have any prospects in the pipeline. We're running out Mike Camilleri. It's like, no, these are number one overall picks and Dougie Hamilton. And we have a lot of things that are very positive for us right now. Sure, we got off to a slow start, but it's three in a row. This could be four in a row. And if we start winning some games, like we got to spread the word. We got to get people out to games. We got to bring some intensity to these games as fans too. I really think that the players feed off of it. And it's nice to have a good home ice advantage. Um, if you're, especially if you're going to be a legit playoff contender. So I'll be at the game tomorrow night. If any of you guys are going to be there, uh, shoot me a line. But I'm I'm thinking 4-0. I mean, I think that is really possible. And then you get Detroit. I mean, I think the Devils are going to want to um, make up for that horrible performance, their worst performance of the year from last Saturday at the home opener. I think they're going to come out and try to try to prove themselves against Detroit. And who you know who knows? Before you know it, we could be uh we could be five and two. We could be on a five game winning streak. So let's stay positive. Let's continue to uh hopefully these guys continue to play fast and and I hope that Ruff c- continues to wanna make changes that'll impact the team and I don't want them to settle. This isn't the time to settle. You won three games in a row. I get it. There's still there's still room for improvement, and I hope that he realizes that. And I hope that we he's made the he made the right move throwing Blackwood out there back to back to back. So um, I hope that he that he definitely gives some of these younger guys a chance to to be a part of the team because in, realistically they are the future. I don't think the future of the team is Mike McLeod. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah. Hope everybody's doing well. Giants play today uh, at 1 o'clock. Big game versus the Jags. Look look at this. Look at us. Giants are on a winning streak. Devils are on a winning streak. Things are good. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. And I'll get back to you guys after the the back-to-backs on Monday and Tuesday. So, Billy Botch from The Trap, signing off. Peace.